Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 101 part-time jobs, 101 part-time jobs, 101 part-time jobs, 101 part-time jobs. 
Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the podcast where I speak to artists about what they've got up to between going on tour and between making records, and more specifically, the jobs they've worked. On today's episode, Gabrielle Aplin has stepped off the tractor to tell me about what she's got up to in the fields, the different kinds of friends that she's met there, making hay. I think I've given enough away there. Her new album, Phosphorescent, comes out on the 13th of January. She's just released an EP with four amazing songs. The track you're hearing beneath me is Skylight, which has an absolute mood. There's lots of people out there who can't wait for the album. You can count me among them. I feel very lucky that Gabrielle's my guest on today's episode. Sponsored by 2000 Trees Festival, one of the UK's best independent rock festivals happening July 2023, where the only band so far announced is Rival Schools, who will be headlining the second stage, the Axiom stage. Loads of exciting 2000 Trees Festival news coming really soon, so keep an eye on their channels for that, where you're also currently able to win a ticket for life. It's not bad. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Here she is, Gabrielle Aplin. Go well. Cheers. Around that age at 16 where you kind of know you have to do something, you know you have to make some kind of identity. Yes. What do you want to do with your life? Like, I don't know. I'm 16. Like, <laughs> Did you go to any of those school advisors? Did they have them at your school? Uh, maybe. I can't really remember. D- didn't go to it. Skived it. <laughs> I, uh, maybe. I mean, I just don't really, I, I don't know. I feel like arts weren't necessarily encouraged. They weren't like discouraged, but it was kind of like, okay, you can do that as well as science, <laughs> you know? Right, um, yeah. You know, and I just, I like making stuff and I like, I like, being creative and very different you know in different ways I just didn't feel like I wanted to go and study economics or um <laughs> or become a doctor and did you have that already in you you know talking about learning how to uh you know be your own manager in a way you know but you know learning how to book gigs and be a promoter and yeah and doing that that 360 thing did you did you find I mean, did you find that come naturally to you? Did you, did you have the yeah. impetus in well, you? Well, it was kind of more that, like, I just started putting some stuff up on the internet. I used a bit of MySpace, a bit of YouTube, a bit of BBC introducing. Um, and then, you know, opportunities just started coming. I just kind of took each bit as it came. And I was like, well, I'm either going to have to do this or just turn it down. So I was just doing things. I was just doing right. it. And I met my manager, actually, at one of the gigs we'd put on for a college project. So then he got involved. And it's, you know, I had a bit of help. Um, but yeah, it was me yeah. and him but like we were releasing everything we kind of became the label um, that I now have today as well that I release through and release other artists through so we just decided to do it independently and he was kind of helping me do that he had recording contacts and you know cool, cool. It was just handy <laughs> yeah, yeah so we kept it as independent for a long time so we recognized that like you know I think for me the most important thing and for everyone actually really should be just be music and fans than people who listen to it and nothing else really matters so like I had a really loyal fan base that I had you know cultivated myself and we were just like why would we get other people involved right now like these people want music and we can just go and record it so he um yeah he helped me do that and that's never fade records that you do together yeah and Phosphorant the album is coming out on the 13th of January yeah which seems so far away but it's not is it oh we have to do like (laughs) it takes so long to like make vinyl and stuff um yes. everything just takes time <laughs> so yeah. but yeah, yeah it's exciting. Well, it gives, 
gives us an exciting lead up to it. I think, yeah. well, I mean, I was going to ask that next that, you know, around that period, around 2010, you know, of getting to that kind of 18 mark, that was when YouTube was already happening, but, but putting your stuff on MySpace was already happening. But yeah. people were just realizing that that was the new A&R. I mean, do you remember at the first like a moment or a period of time when you thought, oh, wow, this is this is working. You know, I'm making a connection with, with someone listening to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it was when I was just uploading videos and random people I didn't know started commenting on them, requesting songs or like, and it was really friendly as well. Like people were like, here, why don't you work on your breath or your mic technique? Or why don't you work on this? Or here's a tip. Like it was all really constructive as well. And there was this kind of timeline of me learning um, with it. And it was, it was a community, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, do, you, do you think that, artists and musicians specifically need a community to to nurture or, or to have that kind of like shamanic figure that maybe it's a manager maybe it's a maybe. friend but someone yeah. to you know give back to you and, and help let you let you grow and I guess I'm asking that question in the context of leaving school you know or leaving yeah. or going away from something that's a more linear I think, yeah I mean just having someone supportive um, it could be anybody, I think, just telling you that you're not being ridiculous. <laughs> like, right. you know, if you really feel cool to do something, it's good to have the support, I guess, you know. Um, but I think it's different for everybody, yeah. Do you have that thing, that kind of inbuilt confidence, do you think? No. That kind of self-belief, I suppose. No, <laughs> I definitely don't feel confident. But in terms of, um, like, kind of like an intuition, self-belief, I know what I'm capable of, Um I, yeah, I, I, and I have a really strong vision as well. I know what I want, like, my work to look like and sound like and how I want it to be released and how I want it to be received and how I want to make it. But creatively, I, I know I'm very strong-minded. Um, but I think just as a person, I, you know, I struggle in social situations. So sometimes I'm like, you know, I'll, you know, my manager or the label will be like, oh, can you, um, can you promote this? And I'm like, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Like, you know, um, so... Yeah, I just feel like, cause, you know, the internet and social media has become such a huge part of all of our lives and a lot of people's businesses as well. Um, and sometimes it's so easy, but there are times, like, I guess in for everybody that, like, sometimes you just don't know what to say. <laughs> and yeah, you just, like, yeah. you want to be on your own. And it's like, how do I talk to people? Like, um, so I do find it kind of weird to be accessible at all times. It's just, that's the, kind of the end difficulty for me, I guess. You know, I don't want to be on my phone all the time, but also I realise that that is my connection to a lot of these people who mm. really kindly listen to and buy my music, you know? I wonder if doing, you know, the acoustic version of Call Me was, mm. that's almost like, a, it's a different touch, you know, to the, to the, to the full production yeah. of it. And I liked, when I heard that, I was like, this is great, because I feel like, you know, you're letting the music speak yeah. in that sense. Yeah, it was very stripped. I didn't want to like add too much to it. I wanted to keep the piano simple. It was very actually similar, very similar to how I wrote it. Like obviously, when I wrote it, I still kind of imagined all the drums and everything, but like that synth wasn't there, um, and it was kind of all around the piano. Um, so I don't know. I think it's also really nice to do them. I because like like I said earlier, I really love songwriting, um, and I feel like it's just a very like here are the lyrics, <laughs> this is the melody, yeah. these are the chords, um, like in its rawest form, you know. Um, and yeah, I just think it's important to do them. I really love doing them, actually. And also there are a lot of songs where, like, I probably would have written it, like, on Dear Happy. I, I wrote a lot with a producer. Um, so a lot of the time, like, 
it was the first time I had to then go and teach myself how to play my songs after I'd written them, uh, which was weird. So like with this album, Phosphorescent, it was very, I, I wrote all the songs in the lockdown um, and it was just me on a piano or me on a guitar. So like, I already know how to play them. I could literally just play the album out now. Um, so like, you know, it feels like that. that's what those songs became were before they became what they are and like you know with all the kind of previous piano recordings and acoustic versions I do I think it's to kind of remind myself like where this song would have started had I not started it with a producer or on a computer I think I just have to like analog the song a little bit you know Mm -hmm. um because I also I I I like to know that I can just play it on my own I'm at a gig and everything breaks like if I could just continue the set all by myself that's kind of where I want to be, you know. Take it onto the pavement. Exactly. <laughs> and you were in the countryside for, for the writing of it. You, you yeah, like, in Somerset. That surrounding, I mean, it must just have such a tectonic kind of inspiration. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, I moved here in the lockdown though, so it was bleak. Um, day one of the lockdown was Keys Day. Um, but <laughs> it was it was amazing actually. Like, it was weird. I mean, I'm from Wiltshire, so it's not, you know, it's, I feel like I come back home a bit, but um, yeah, it was it was a strange time, but really a really creative time, and I worked really hard on it. I went um, every when the restrictions eased a bit. I was going up to Mike Spencer, who produced the album. He has a farm in Buckingham with a studio. I was up there twice a week, every week until we finished the album, and then I came back here. I didn't have anywhere for a week. I started volunteering at a farm. Lovely. Um, so like I went from his farm to one here yeah and it was really weird how it came about as well like there's this farm here that I just love and it's like a it's a charity um they kind of ha- provide like farm experiences for kids from cities um, amazing and it's really cool and they also grow veg and sell it and stuff it's lovely You've got a few animals for the kids or whatever and like I always walk through that and I was like what is this place I love it they've got like forest school they've got this huge like eco schoolhouse that's built out of waste it's amazing and animals and like it just looked really fun it was there's loads of art everywhere and murals I was like, this is a cool farm like how do yeah. I get involved and then I did um when I was doing a shoot for my press shots for phosphorescent I really wanted to have a lamb in a picture so basically we found a lamb at this farm and they were like yeah you can come and shoot here and I offered to pay them, but they just said, volunteer your time. And I was like, okay. So, and I've been going literally every Wednesday <laughs> since. So in these breaks between making the record, you'd come back to, to where you've relocated. Yeah. And you, and, you, and, you, and you saw that farm and you thought. I need, I need to spend time at a farm still. I want to be back. I need to be there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have loads of animal friends now. And also a community. Like I just moved here and it was in a lockdown, so I couldn't make any friends. You know, it was just me and my partner for ages. Um, and then we, I can feel like I'm a part of a community now, which is really nice. Um, and yeah, it's great here. Love but it. Yeah, it's so cool. So cool. I'll be doing all sorts. Like um, I, so on Wednesdays, like I deal with the animals. So I kind of, I'm the one who's happy to muck out pigs because I, I think they're really clean. Um, so I do the pigs and I really love that's the your, That's your niche on, on your profile page. I am. Um, website. Pigs uh, yeah, are really it. clean. That's it. Pigs are clean. Um, they're really clever as well. They're just so nice. They're giant dogs. So right. I've been playing with them, hanging out with them. Um, I've got I've got some friends who are goats as well. But I also get taught, I've been taught how to drive the tractor, which is so fun. It's this big old rickety tractor. And we've been doing outside of our Wednesdays, but because we, we've made friends now, we go and do bailing. And it's such a nice evening activity, like the rolling hills. I'm on the tractor with a trailer on the back and everyone jumps in. 
and there's a dude who's amazing this young farmer and he's driving this like baler machine i know this is so sad i'm really sorry to like bore no, you, but <laughs> he drives this baler machine it's so cool he's like driving along and there's strips of grass it's all been cut and then it like spits out in bales. And basically I drive the tractor and everyone jumps out, runs along the rows. And as I'm driving it, they like throw it in. And then everyone jumps on top at the end and we drive it back to the to the barn and we like stack it all up and have to count it. And then afterwards we have pints. That it, is a fantastic way to spend your time. Isn't that a lovely evening? Because you have to That's go like amazing. around seven-ish because it's just been too hot. Um, wow. So it's a really, a really nice time. Yeah. That sounds so much fun. So, I mean, part-time jobs. This is this is why we're here. This is the part-time job. <laughs> talk about it. Oh, yeah. It basically is my part-time job. Um, absolutely. I'm there all the time. I love it there so much. Um, I've made friends. They're like, there's a lot of people here. There's a big crew of people who um, like live in vans or are quite happy to camp. So like a lot of people will just live there in their vans or in their tents and work on the land um, and just live this kind of off-grid, lovely life. Um so it's really cool to make friends with them. Like they just, I made friends with like so many people I never would have ever been kind of crossing paths with, which is really cool. I've got friends, you know, some of my really like favorite people um, up until they lived at the farm were homeless. And it's just amazing because it's like, they love it so much. It's completely changed their life. And they just yeah. feel like, it's just really, really beautiful. And I've got some friends who, who come with uh, so that they have special needs they might come with a social worker or a care worker um, and they have an amazing time and like again like I'm never I never cross paths with people like that because we're never put together in society you know it doesn't really bunch us all together to do a job so it's really it's really amazing like I love it so so much and I just spend so much time down there but I really mostly love the animals <laughs> it's what I really enjoy I love being around animals so and I get so much out of it like I work hard I feel like it's like my big workout every week but like afterwards what's actually so nice is um we have a, a meal um that's cooked for us after we volunteer and it's from all like mostly from food from the garden and like Lovely. the salads and it's just so wholesome and nice like and yeah. it feels really nice to um work really hard and be paid not in money um I feel like I get so much out of it like obviously they're getting the jobs done on the farm and I yeah, but like yeah. there is a genuine exchange um like right. yeah it's amazing I really really love it and I learned so much as well like I can drive any tractor now <laughs> I think that is such a trick especially you know I suppose at any age I was going to say growing up there but any age to be able to to put yourself in a, in a new situation and just find discover something that you sort of maybe yeah. had no idea existed absolutely and also like it's just like I mean I'm probably saying the same stuff again but like it's so important to do something for joy that you don't get paid for there is like a, a kind of joy that you can genuinely only get from doing something for someone else um and it's not the same as doing something you love and getting paid for it like it's I don't know I was learning about this thing the other day I was reading about it's called ikigai it's a Japanese I don't know what the word would be but like it's like your about your purpose there's like it's the kind of crossover between like what you're good at what you enjoy what you can be paid for but it's a crossover between all of those things for like your purpose. Um, and I was just looking at it the other day and trying to do my own one. It's like those are little Venn diagrams and like where they cross over would be your pe passion where like, oh yeah, what the world needs. That's the fourth one. So like what you're good at and what the world needs, where that crosses over would be your mission. Um, what, you, what you're good at and what you can be paid for would be your profession. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really nice. I feel like that is that for me. 
you know. I think there's loads of people in there, you know, who young people mm-hmm. finding their sort of careers who have no idea what to do. Because yeah. we've kind of been grown up in an era, we've kind of been brought up in an era where we're kind of told we can do anything, right? If yeah. we kind of put our minds to it or, or we'll try and we can study and borrow money and have to pay it back later. And it kind of makes the whole thing a bit more difficult. Yeah, it makes you feel like it feels like you know there's a knife to your neck, and you're like, okay, I'll be a doctor. Like, you know, just like you know, I thought I wanted to be um, an interpreter and translate things. I've done any of that, <laughs> you know. Like I would have, you know, I would have tried. To, I, that's what I was going to go and do. You're going to study that. Yeah, I was studying it. You- I got literally three days in sick form, and I was like. Like this I can't, <laughs> I can't do it anymore I've been like I've been on the Duolingo I do enjoy languages but like I mean I still yeah I enjoy it so I'll bring it into what I do now so like if I, I you know I've been lucky to be able to tour in loads of countries where English is not the language that they speak so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I enjoy learning I've been to Brazil I, I've been learning Portuguese I learn a bit of Japanese right. you know it, and that's so I still get to learn languages and try and use them on stage or in interviews or whatever um I bet those yeah. fans love you when you speak in their native language. Ah, uh, it's really sweet. Yeah. Well, I think as well they appreciate it. Like we go everywhere expecting everyone to speak English, so I think it's nice to even just try. <laughs> you know, even just you, if you just say hello, how are you? Sorry, I don't speak. Whatever. Um, I think it's respectful. You know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And maybe you know, it. maybe even go. You know, that's a kind of cultural exchange, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I don't know when I've been. I've been really lucky to go to Japan and Brazil. Like I said, that's really far. Like yeah. that's so far. Like, so they, I feel like they really, really, really appreciate it when an international artist comes. Like they mm-hmm. go above and beyond. It's mad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Learning how to say hello and stuff is the least I can do. You know. Your first album came out in in 2013, English Rain, and there was obviously quite a few years building up to that. Mm. Could you identify and see yourself as, you know, as a working musician? How, what's yeah. that kind of journey for you? I think for me, it was when, so I, like I said, I, got, I used the BBC Introducing Uploader. Oh. I got invited in to do like a Made of Ale session. Um, and very cool. it was very cool. And it was like the first thing I did. And my, my manager thought I, I sent him the email. He was like, yeah, whatever, you've been hacked. And I was like, no, no, it's not a phishing scam. It's real. And, um, Thought you'd been hacked. Wow. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, that's fake. Someone's pranking you." Not hacked, ah. pranked. Sorry. And um, yeah. What and, manager? <laughs> well, he was just like, oh, he. I remember him being like, "Look, you're great and everything, but like, I just don't think this would have happened because also the songs I uploaded, I, I recorded them on my Sony Ericsson. Like, they were really rusty. Like, they weren't nice recordings. But that was really clever because then they had to invite me in to do a live session because they couldn't play out my recordings." you know so wow yeah so what well, that's what story. I think that's my little thing anyway but so I went in and did this session and made a veil it was amazing and I feel like that point I was like oh my god I'm, I'm gonna be on radio I'm I'm at the BBC <laughs> like yeah. I, I that was like oh my god I'm not just on YouTube anymore and like I love YouTube and I'm really you know really grateful for it and I obviously I, I have a fan base on there and I use it now but I didn't want to just be on YouTube for the rest of my life you know I wanted that mm. to be a part of what I do not everything I do um so yeah, I just couldn't quite believe it. <laughs> really, it was around that time where that happened. Um, John Lewis happened, and then um, I went on tour. I met Ed Sheeran at a festival, and then he invited me on tour with him. And that's when I was like, okay, I think this is my job now. 
you know. What was what was that like? What was that really cool? Like? It was in Australia. Did you hang out a lot? Yeah, he's he's what I really loved about him is that he is um, he works so hard. I'm I'm like I'm not just saying it like he would you know he would make sure he has a good time after a show or whatever, and he will be up like you know for breakfast TV, breakfast radio in the morning. I just remember him not saying he was tired, not complaining once, like. You know, and his team and his crew all just, they're all so nice, but they also just really liked each other. And I was like, do you know what? You can tell he's not an asshole because they genuinely like him. <laughs> um, so like, his, and also what they did, and Passenger, I talked to Passenger last year and he did this for me too. They had me on their bus. They had me in their hotels. They had me on their flights. They had me with their, their, their crew, did my sounds and oh, sorted out oh. my guitars for me. They tour managed me and they cool. fed me that never happens and I just thought that was really amazing like that that literally never happens that's lovely part of the family it's really nice I just really really nice to see artists taking care of people I guess it was it was really yeah really good I, I like to make sure that I do the same surrounding yourself with good people sounds like oh, such so a important. big part of it mm. yeah there's lots of um scary people lots of nasty people I just I'm really happy I haven't had to encounter them really I've got a really nice team really good especially I work with AWOL now and they um they put my music out and fire my label and they're just amazing like they signed me again without even hearing anything um they kind of left me to it I they don't wait for me they don't tell me what I'm doing they wait for me to come in with like a little PowerPoint presentation. And I'm like, right, this is my idea. Everything's blue. These are the songs, bloody blah, blah. And they're like, cool, great, thanks. And then they go off and do their thing, you know? No way. And it's that's so the, nice. That's how it works. I feel like an artist, yeah. It's like <laughs> the good old days, yeah. <laughs> and they going in with an A1 pad with a flip chart. Uh, I literally, I was, I was like, in, I had James, my manager, like changing slides with the next slide, please, James. And then we go to like the next bit. Um, but yeah, I've done that for my last two albums as I've been working with them, like going in with, um, yeah, like I give them the stuff before and then they work based on what I've given them. It's really nice, you know. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you think of your favorite artists or, or bands you're listening to, you know, you, you, you do presume that there is like a team around them. That's so amazing to hear that you're your own boss. You oh know, my God, literally the whole time. Yeah, and the whole time recording this album, it was literally just me and Mike. Like, obviously we had musicians in and stuff. We, my manager didn't hear anything until it was nearly done. Um, the only people who heard anything were the band that played on it. And that Mike's wife, great. Liz, who I write, write with, like, she, yeah, then. That was it. And like, no one nagged me either. That was just, that there was cool. no interference. We and it ourselves, like, because we wanted to make sure that it was something that was completely genuine, no outside influence. And also it was written in a really, really um, isolated time and very introverted time. So I wanted to make sure it was really, really human and really, really free. Everything was either played by a person or passed through air um, and given a space, you know, and like, I just didn't want anyone alter, interfering. <laughs> like, don't touch it. You know, it just felt really fragile until it was mastered. I wanted it to be, you know, 
I was just being really particular about it, but hopefully it pays off. How do you <laughs> deal with that sort of stress, anxiety? Oh no, it was the best experience of my life. Like, I feel like I became who I actually am when I was making that, like being up at Mike's, getting like being at farm life up with Mike was amazing. I loved it so much. Like you you won't see a person for days. Like you, it's so remote. Um, there's animals everywhere. I actually adopted two ducks from there as well. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, what, what, what do you call them? Kerry and Curtin. Kerry and Curtin. Oh, obviously, <laughs> amazing show. Yeah. You don't so, get much. This country must be one of the best. Oh, God. And shows. you know, Kerry is an arsehole. She actually attacks people. No. Well, she hasn't got teeth, so she can't hurt me. Sorry, that was my phone. I'm really, really sorry. It was bad. Um, no, no, no. But yeah. So I feel like it became who I am. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you keep Curtin and Kerry? They're in the garden. Amazing. In yeah. a hatch, in a hutch. Kind of. They're free at the moment. We put them in at night, but they just roam in the day. That is so, yeah. so We don't have to cool. worry about them. Carrie can stand up against a, a, a cat. <laughs> she's fine. She attacked my dog the other day. Like, she's ruthless. Do you know, me and my partner, we, we consider our future. When we look at our future together, we think chickens. I really want chickens so bad. I love chickens. That's when you know you, you've made it, when you have you your chickens. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, I mean, everyone's evolved over you know over the last couple of years. You know, speaking directly as as an artist, and mm. and again, you know, the kind of way you can like see yourself in the reflection, and especially now, everyone's working other jobs. Everyone's doing small things to get to get by. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And people at these jobs, you know, when they go to work and they say, "Oh, I'm, I, I play music, or I'm in a band, or I'm an artist." I think a lot of people are getting laughed laughed out the door. I just don't think um, you have to be the kind of authorization of your status as an artist or um, a writer or a plumber even is mm. based on how much money you make from it and whether it's whether it's your job a or your job b you know right. like you don't right. walk you know say if like i used to work in um in costa on lead Delamere services and like i would still tell everyone i was an artist even though that was where i worked it's not like i turned up to you know a writing session and i was like you know I make I'm a, I make coffee and everyone's like ha ha you know like that seems normal do you know what I mean like it's yeah, still absolutely. it doesn't make any difference um yeah. you know and sometimes yeah. your job that you're doing funds your real job which is an artist you know that's mm -hmm. what you do to get by and I think the thing is, is to create not based on what is trendy or what might make you some money or might make you get a few views or likes or whatever you should do what you want and that is what your purpose is, I suppose. And if you have to have another job to support your life so you can then do what your purpose is, then yeah. what is wrong with that, you know? Yeah, I don't where's see the issue? Why, where's the issue? Like, people That's need to be so mean, like, you know? Really? It's so weird, like, when someone comes in, I don't know, coming into work in an office or whatever, and someone's like, yeah, I'm an artist, I write songs, and being laughed at by mm. someone who doesn't do anything outside of work, just goes to the pub. And like maybe going to the pub is your hobby and you're really passionate about it. But like, why are you laughing at someone who writes songs? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, I don't really understand, you know. I wonder if I'm almost guilty of it as well, because it's so built into us from an early yeah, age. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I think it's ingrained. I think so. It's sad. It is sad. But like, I don't know, like if someone's an artist, they're an artist. Yeah, to get paid, you know, like I'm still an artist when I worked in Foster or at the pub or whatever. So we met someone at the pub the other day and the a guy called Charlie is sort of. Uh, introduced himself and he was like oh I make masks 
And he was showing us these masks he was making on his Instagram. And, and they were just amazing. We were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like, um, like, like not scary masks. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> like kind of stuff you'd hang up on your wall in your living Love room. Love it, your, nice. You know, the, the red room in your house. But how cool like is that? A, Someone's that making vibe. masks. That's so niche. But like, so niche, you know, so cool. People like that. Let him make his masks. That's Absolutely. so cool. And then, and then he was like, oh, you should, you know, we, he, he lives on our road and he was like, oh, you should come to the coffee shop I work at. You know, it, it was interesting when we first saw it, we were like, oh, you must make money doing this. And he was like, nope, don't make money. So it's, I think it's the Do way. Do it for the you, joy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the way that you delivered it. He delivered it, you know, the way that he, he pitched himself, you know, the way yeah. that he identified, which is very cool. Very, very cool. I love it. I met a guy the other day who makes, there's actually a, a blacksmith at the farm. And he's making like knives out of horseshoes. Wow. And melting down other bits of scrap metal. And they're so cool. They're shaped like fish. And what? they have, he like engraves the scales onto them so you can like grind garlic and stuff on it. Ace. It's so cool. Brilliant. He's just in there making it. I'm so, that's cool. Like, it's so cool. People just Extremely do cool pragmatic. stuff. Yeah. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you another thing I really like to do that's what takes up a lot of my time is I like to make clothes. Again, very pragmatic. It's my favourite thing. So I like to make things out of other things. Um, I really, I don't know, like making my album, I felt so connected to nature. I was like, oh my God, farms are great. Oh my God, cool vegetables grow in the mud. Like, it's yeah. just, oh, ducks hatch from eggs. That's crazy. Um, and I, I... I don't know. I was like, I just made me want to make everything. It made me rethink. I was like, oh my God, we can't just make all my vinyl out of a load of plastic. What are we doing? Like, you know, it made me go and look into ways to not, um, you know, yeah, there's, there's so much cost. There's like eco plastic, bioplastic, sorry, vinyl that you can do now. I, I think it's just been done for the first time. You can get like eco mix vinyl, which is like made up from all the scraps and offcuts of vinyl that's been previously made and then melt, mm. melt it all down. I'm like, cool, we'll do that. And then, like, it makes me think about the photos and the artwork. And we did cyanotypes and printed them with the sun. Mike's studio is, like, powered by um, heat pumps. And I was like, cool. What about, like, in the in my photos and stuff? I was like, I can't just be wearing, like, stuff that is, you know, I don't want to be promoting anything that I think is harmful, um, you know. And so I, it made me think about materials. I've basically been finding bed sheets curtains upholstery materials scraps of like other clothes and stuff um and I just don't even buy stuff anymore it's so cool and I've been making things for people as well this is really nice I made this one of my favorite things I made this um raincoat you know like when you're a kid those like plastic tablecloths but they're also mats you put on the floor and they have um (laughs) you they have the cars on them you can drive on them yeah yeah I made a raincoat out of one of those that is awesome. It's so cool. Like, I that love it so much. Cool. Um, but my favorite thing is to just make stuff for people. It's so nice. Looking at the album cover now, that's wicked. So that was an old, that was a, a bed, uh, what was it, a curtain? That was actually, no, that was, well, it was made from something. That was a vintage one that someone else had made. Um, but in like all my press shots, like I have, I had this dress that was made from, it's made from like a big old quilt. And it's like, it was like um, the, like a quilted dress, you know. I've got like corset that I wore in one of my um, one of the photos where I, that I'd made from a pair of like really old, like proper granny like floral curtains. 
Um, and like, yeah, there's also like, I really love, um, like you can get really nice dead stock fabrics if you need to, like, if you want to buy something new and you can't find the right fabric, there's loads of places that will sell fabric that would have gone to landfill. Um, that's a brilliant idea which is so cool so like i recently was able to like make a top and a pair of trousers like a kind of tracksuit out of it and had loads of leftover to make pants like so handy i make pants like um so nice my my friend was here last week and he had just got a new pair of jeans and he'd got on his bike and his chain had ripped them at the bottom um and he just like comes here with them and i'm like oh that's so nice we're repairing like you could have got a new pair and that's so nice (laughs) you know i really like that I like having little skills. That's such a great message for you to give out. Yeah, I want to share it with people. Like I also, I mean, on top of the fact that it's not harming anything, it's actually just really joyous. If mm. I've, it's so nice to be able to do something like that, whether you do it for yourself or for other people. Like it's so nice to feel like, I don't know, like even going like back to the farm, like, to have a physical skill that's helpful. Um, yeah. Obviously, I like to write songs and I make songs or whatever, but like I like to physically work at something and have something at the end or have something done at the end. You know, it's actually easy to learn as well. So I, I like to encourage people to learn to do stuff like that. Because it is about, you know, especially in a world where, you know, you go outside and you're, you're just buying shit all the time. Yeah. Stuff, you know, I mean, plastic bottles must be a, a, a really gnarly one on tour. Yes. That is, we we just are, I mean, everywhere, you know, I mean, you see it at a lot of festivals as well. There's a lot of greenwashing, like you see, you know, festivals that are like, we are green and there's places for everyone to be filling up their water bottles and recycling and then you get backstage and it's just water bottles everywhere. And you know what it's like, they're all the same. Someone opens one and takes a sip and doesn't write their name on it and everyone's like, what's one's mine? Oh, I'm going to have to open a new one. Um, we actually bought everyone just reusable bottles on my tour and it's like we ask that there's drinking water at a venue but if there's no drinking waters we just ask for cans that's a great idea yeah I do, yeah so that's what we try and do brilliant to be thinking that on a on a large scale yeah you, know, you yeah. must be aware of no music on a dead planet yes I am you know there's some great stuff to learn about always yeah definitely and I think also just about kind of doing the best within our means so I'm a musician yeah. so I'm going to look at what I can do you know I'm going to look at what I'm making my physical products out of if I'm going to make them at all I'll be looking yeah. at touring what we're eating like again plastic bottles for example where we're traveling how we're getting around you know but it'd be different for everybody within different professions you know and I think everyone should just do what they can within the means but like it's also I think We've got this thing where, like, you get cancelled for not being 100% perfect. But, like, for there to actually be a positive effect, no one has to be perfect. If everyone just does a little teeny bit, it actually makes a huge difference. I saw this thing on, I think it was on TikTok today, someone, it was a bit of a joke about how someone had an oat milk flat white, but they had a real cheese on a sandwich or something. And it's like, but that's better than having a milk flat white and... Of and course. Real cheese. Like, surely that's fine, though. If everyone did that, that would be a huge difference, you know, difference, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So I think this idea of perfectionism is really not helpful because then it puts people off. They're like, well, I can't do this whole thing, so I'm just not going to do anything. And it's not about doing the whole thing, you know. It's kind of human nature to be like us and them. Absolutely. Really binary thinking and, and you know, it's really, I don't know, it's a real thing at the moment. <laughs> I yeah. think everyone should be really nice to each other and just calm down a bit. Um, We're all learning. Everyone, exactly. So, yeah, we can't be perfect the first time we do something as well. You know, no. you have to suck at something first. So, It's about encouraging each other. Exactly. That's the thing. Base. Hey, thank you so much, Gabrielle. No, Gabby, thank you. Is it okay to call you Gabby? Yeah, whatever one you want. It's all good. Everyone's kind of got an embarrassing 
work story or like something that didn't go Ooh. right i'm not talking like really sad you know i'm not talking about anything that's like really nasty uh, did you have any embarrassing experiences at costa or any other sort of side jobs that you had growing up oh my god well i worked at a kennels i worked at a kennel in the village um and i never got called back After like, I one shift. Shift. yeah i love dogs um i don't know what happened it was just it was just so weird like i went out in the field to walk a dog and he pulled me over and ran off and they never had me back i think i was just too weak like <laughs> But I get called back to the farm to be on my tractor. So yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. We got there exactly. in the end. Hey, thanks so much, Gabby. No, thank you for having me. So there she was, Gabrielle Aplin. Phosphorescent comes out on the 13th of Jan with Eco Records as an option. Cheers so much for listening and see you next week for a new episode. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.